Hey everybody, superfan Giovanni here. Welcome to Classic Love Wine, episode 497 from August 25th, 1997, a Monday night show. No guest tonight. Again, episode 496 is lost from the archive for now. If we ever get a portion, we of course will put it in the feed. No guest tonight, just the love between the two hosts. Adam opens the show with the standard intro, or the relatively standard intro for the time. Adam promises to jam with John, John Popper, for the third time when he makes his third appearance on the next episode. Third appearance of the Adam era, of course. Adam then goes on a riff about learning instruments. Drew can barely contain his disdain with this faking it uh, discussion, and even tells Adam to move on. You, you can really hear it in his voice. It's surprising so many fans actually thought Adam was really playing instruments and jamming with John, and not it just being one of his other band members. Drew brings up Adam's PRS, personal rating system, Another bit from their work together on the first book they're still working on. And Adam goes over the history of the first time John Popper ever guested on Classic Loveline, as well as the follow-up visit, two episodes still missing from the archive. Producer Anne threatens to go into the archives. An interesting early mention of the tape archive we now know they kept that was later denied for many, many years. And she claims she's going to pull the tape from the last time John was on in 1996, which again is still lost. And Dr. Drew brings up Adam's inability to read his airline ticket that was sent from Susan, uh, Drew's wife and travel expert uh, agent at the time. She did a lot of the travel booking for Dr. Drew and Adam as they toured around the country. As per usual, this was recorded in 1997. Some of the medical advice may be out of date. Please consult your own physician or contact Dr. Drew and Mike Catherwood on Current Day Loveline. 1-800-LOVE-191. Listener discretion is advised. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast One, on Facebook Podcast One as well, and podcastone.com, the home of all your favorite podcasts. Mahalo, and get it on. The following program is a podcastone.com production. L-O-V-E-191. <sighs> Two. Welcome to Loveline with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Would you sleep with sick women? I may be pregnant, but I'm still a man. Spank the unruly ones. It's indecent, it's vulgar, it's blasphemous. You're gonna ride you till you can't stand up. Come on, come on, let's go down. All right, all right, keep your shirt on. Loveline's meant for an adult audience. Loveline may contain sexually oriented content. Listener discretion is advised. Here's Loveline with Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla. Yes! Phone number 1-800-L-O-V-E-191. Fax number 310-854-4455. I'm Adam Carolla. That is Dr. Drew. He's a board-certified physician and addiction medicine specialist. And tonight, our guest is the love that the two hosts find between them. I have been searching for, would be the correct term, I think. <laughs> yes, in vain. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of veins, tomorrow night, John Popper from Blues Traveler will be in here. And I will ignite the Loveline listenership one more time by jamming with John. On your saxophone? No, no. I'm going to grab another instrument from my arsenal. What? You understand? No. Like some people have a uh, gun safe in their house. Yeah, right. I have a safe yes, with nothing but yes. instruments right, in it. Right. And I hit a button and like the bat cave and the wall turns around and there they are. All clearly displayed and I grab because it's like a weapon to me. That's the way I use these instruments. I see. And everybody who knows you knows you play instruments. Yeah, I play a couple instruments. The thing about instruments, to be uh, fair, is once you learn one, it becomes easier to learn others. Uh, I beg your pardon. You know what I'm saying? It's Dep like a language. Depends, like they say with it languages. It depends if it's the clarinet, the saxophone, or the guitar and the piano. Right. Ass and. Blowing is blowing. Oh, okay. Once you got it down, you got it down. That's nice. Now, I'm going to give you a little hint on this one. There's no blowing involved with this instrument, except right. for when I actually had to get the instrument from the guy who had it. Mm -hmm. There was some blowing involved there, yeah. but uh, this is not a wind instrument. Right. I will once again 
I've seen Surprise. your hand. It's not something that you, not a keyboard either. Uh, it may be. Yeah. We don't know. Uh, could be a, uh, uh, it could be a cello for all you know, Drew. Could be. The point then is, pleased. is we will uh, peel one more layer off of the onion known as Adam Carolla. Yes. Just to get to the nougaty center. You're just working on that PRS. The fr- <laughs> That's right. I'm trying to. My personal uh, rating system. That's right. You I'm going to score at least five points in each category tomorrow night. We didn't put musicianship in there. That's got to be a <clears throat> position. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's got it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's huge. <laughs> ladies love uh, guys in bands. I see. And ladies are going to fawn over me after they hear me playing tomorrow night All with right. John Popper. All right. Now, let's just go over it for one second. John Popper first came on the show, I would say, about a year and a year. Uh, seven, eight. No, no. He was well, here like here a year and yeah, year yeah. and seven months ago. Right. He brought a harmonica. I made a fool of myself attempting to play this harmonica in front of God and everyone. It was uh, quite humiliating, Drew. I wish you were here. You, you, you'd still be talking about it to this day. I vowed never to let this happen again. I vowed vengeance. And the next time John Popper came on the show was about a year later. Uh-huh. And I blew away the Loveline listenership by pulling out my horn. That's a saxophone. I call it a horn. I see. P- jammed along with John Popper. I believe you were impressed. Uh, Anne went through a uh, three pair of panties and a seat cushion over there. And uh, John was this close to ask me to take up with the band and actually hit the road with him. Right, I can't even stand to hear this talk. So tomorrow let's see night, what happens tomorrow night. I'm going into the arsenal Making again. My skin crawl. So let's let's. And see. I'm going deep into the arsenal right. too. I could go through our archives and see if I could find it. <clears throat> Which one? It was pretty happening. Yeah. Oh, when me you, jamming when with you and uh, John jam last time. Uh oh yeah on the sax. Yeah. Yeah yeah. See if we can uh, yeah. find a little uh, piece right. of that. That might be fun for some people. Uh, new affiliates. All excited again. Yeah, and then really to uh, just sort of highlight and really sort of punctuate his uh, musicianship and talent, maybe the doot 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 with uh, Suzanne Vega. Well, see, so I'm just uh, just to punctuate this. I'm not I'm not much of a vocalist, Drew. That's what we call singing. Yeah, right. I'm not What's a vocalist. Say? You see, but I uh, I play. Right. You understand? Yeah. If I could sing, I'd be singing, and I probably wouldn't be as um, adept at playing all the instruments. All right. I do. All right. All right. All right, Drew. Everything else okay? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, I hear you had a little problem reading your uh, airline ticket. We haven't talked about this. My wife stopped and she goes, ask John Matt about his airline ticket. Well, your wife sent over 45 airline tickets. Oh, yeah, that is a good point. I started yelling at uh, Susan about this over the phone. Yeah. Not really yelling at her, but yelling for her. About it. About it. I, I don't know if there's anyone listening who's involved with the printing or manufacturing of airline tickets. But I swear to God, there are more numbers on the front of this airline ticket. I and my roommate both stared at my ticket for 10 minutes. Both uh, relatively educated men, at least he is. We both stared at this thing, and we could not find the time, the departure time. I was trying to, Drew and I are going out of town on Wednesday. We'll be back Friday. And I was trying to figure out what time I was leaving Wednesday morning. And here's the problem. A lot of the flight stuff... It has the same sort of number of digits that the time would. Right. For instance, we're flying a uh, 727. Right. A y, and the flight's like YZ1927 or something. Right. Now, 727 could mean 727 in the AM. Right. And oftentimes, they don't have anything next to it that says flight. But, the, but then there'll be a, the flight number will then be like a YZ or a Y something. 
And then another four digit or three digits. And then there's the whole then there's the whole like um, uh, departure number and code number and uh, f- you know uh, fuel uh, regulations. And then there's the uh, there's the like o- OSHA um, you know uh, calling numbers on there. I mean there are nothing but numbers on this thing. And there's nothing. Here's what you do when you write it when you make up a ticket. Put the time on there in bold face lettering, and and don't even say departure. Say, should say, uh, uh, A-hole, you leave at this time. This is when the plane leaves, with or without you. I stared at this thing for 20 minutes trying to find it. Uh, I had poor Susan on the phone. I was staring at it uh, while, while she was waiting on me, could not find it, and saw a whole litany of other uh, numbers next to it. Uh, of, of, I don't really care. Uh, personally, 727, uh, 747, DC-10. What am I, working for Boeing? We're going to do some troubleshooting uh, if the if there's some difficulty with the plane. I don't care what the plane is. I want the time the plane is leaving. Put that on the ticket. Stop trying to confuse everybody. I think this is just one more thing that makes it. Uh, there's certain jobs that try to they try to make things a little more important than they actually are to justify the the cost. Mm-hmm. The, here's what a ticket should say: the name of the airline, your name, time the plane is leaving. That's all. Oh, and the airport, so you know where you're going. That's enough. You take it from there. Don't need to know the uh, the docket number. Don't need to know uh, the serial number on the fuselage of the particular plane that I'm flying in. Don't care. Wouldn't know the difference between a DC-10 and a 727. Really wouldn't. <sighs> okay. Was that what we were talking about? That's what it was. All right. Uh, and also, we got to find out about this lecture thing. Yeah. Drew and I are doing a lecture. Uh, we have or no a, idea a something, what... A something, an appearance. No, I think it's a lecture. Oh. I think we got to kill about an hour and a half. Oh. Or you're going to be dodging folding chairs, Drew. <laughs> now, these college guys get loaded and all hell breaks loose. The point is, is uh, we're doing a little lecture at the uh, University of Iowa. Okay. Go Buckeyes. The point is... is Hawkeyes. I mean, go Hawkeyes. <laughs> I thought we were in Ohio for a second. The point is this. As God is my witness, I will go Buckeyes uh, out there. You know I will, because I have Tourette's. I want to talk to somebody tonight who's been to one of these college lectures and tell us what goes on here. Like, I don't know if it's all question and answer. I don't know if I get up there and talk for 20 minutes and Drew gets up there and talks for 20 minutes. I don't know if we do what we do here on the radio show, just bore everybody you, for you two hours. They would have contacted us and like describe what they were looking for, but we'll find out when we get there. It's the lecture thing, Drew. I don't know what that means. Do we bring slides? Do we talk about our, our upbringing? Do we do some history, uh, history on the show? What do we do? I have no idea. Somebody call us and tell us if they've ever been to one of these things. Debbie. Hi. Hey, you're 34. Yeah. Uh, first, I wanted to say I saw Dr. Drew Friday on Politically Incorrect. Right. And you you did real well. Well, thank you. He Sometimes he could be a little insulting, and he interrupts and stuff. So. You're talking about Tony Curtis. Or did Bill? No, Bill yeah, Mark? Bill. He's talking about you. I like him and everything, but sometimes he doesn't let you talk. <laughs> I, he was. I'm a huge fan of his now. I got to tell you, I thought he was. I bright, love watching smart, it, I watch it funny. all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, what I wanted to ask you is, I called you about a month ago about my daughter who had been molested, and she wasn't talking about it. Right. I can vaguely remember. How old is she again? Twelve. Right. Well. She's doing real good and everything, but I'm not. It seems like I'm worse off than her. That I, I have a hard time sleeping. I can't get it out of my head. What was the situation with your daughter? 
Well, I sent her to a corner store to get some bread. It was about 4 in the afternoon, about two blocks away. And uh, there was two boys that were minding the store. One was 18, one was 17. They took her in the back room. At knife point or something? Or? <laughs> no. No, not at knife point. They just took her in the back room, and she didn't say anything, I found out. How'd you find out? <laughs> I... She, I found a lighter in her pocket at, at, at home, and then at school they called me and said they found a lighter in a locker. So I thought maybe she was smoking or something. So I went in her room. I know I shouldn't have, but I did, and I found her diary, and I read it in her diary. Oh, hold on one second, Debbie. Uh -huh. I got to talk about this dual diary idea of mine one more time. I know I've talked about it before, but it bears repeating. Kids, teenagers, please, smarten up. You have to have two diaries or no diaries. Here's how many diaries you get. You have zero diaries or you have two. I just, I just like to look at Drew sometimes when he has that, uh, you just drew the curtains on his face look. You know when you go to Vegas, they have those blackout shades before you take a nap? Yeah. That's what you look like sometimes, Drew. Oh, um, I feel like right now. My no diary. In this case, it's all right that you found the diary. But so often, girls keep diaries. Guys don't keep diaries. Guys keep their diary in their mind. Right. Guys are so used to using too. their mind uh, after years and years of masturbation <laughs> that they, uh, it, it's like they have this uh, Rolodex in their head. They don't need to write it down. Women, for some reason, feel compelled to write stuff down. But you write it down, and inevitably, mom comes in, brother comes in and blackmails you. Somebody finds the information. If you do something and you're going to put it in a diary, you need to have two diaries. The one you keep between the box spring and the mattress that has all the dirty stuff in it. I was smoking. I was having sex. I was doing drugs. So on, and I hate my parents. I hate God. And I hate uh, my counselor at school. And the other one that you leave out. Now, you don't leave it out right on top so mom can trip over it. That's too obvious. You just put it in the sock drawer. You know mom will look there. And that one says... Um, had a great time at Bible study. Looking forward to catechism. Maybe we ought uh, to publish week. some uh, pre-made pages of the diary. They can just copy down their own handwriting. Right. Some pre-made stories. Becoming closer to my parents, Jesus Christ, uh, and uh, teachers and faculty alike. Actually, teachers are faculty. All right. Uh, enough about that. Debbie. Hi. All right. So you found the diary. And did the diary say she was raped? She described it in detail, but it was the way she described it was almost as if she's seen it. And, you know, it was like the way she is about the whole thing. She's really off-putting. She kind of puts a mask on when it's spoken about. Now, did you say she was 12 or 14? 12. No. Oh, big difference. For some reason, I thought she was 14. No. She was she's 14 now. 12. Oh, when it happened. Yeah. And did she have sex with these guys? One of them. And um, how long after the incident did you find the diary? Oh, let's see. It happened in July. I found it in September. So it had been some time. Mm -hmm. Did you ever, did you notice her acting differently between July, uh, you know, uh, after July? Not really. Not it, really, no. It, when I went through the, I didn't really read the whole thing. I just kind of flipped through the pages. She has like chicken scratch handwriting, you know, really terrible. Mm -hmm. And there was this one section that was written neatly that kind of stood out in my eye, you know, and mm -hmm. that's, that's the one I read, and that's the one that it was. It was a but did she write it as if um, she had been victimized? Yeah. She did? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I'm not saying she wasn't. I just want to know in her mind, did she write it down as if it was some sort of fantasy or did she write it down as if she was, you know, uh, brutalized? Nightmare. Well, I don't know about brutalized. She was kind of talked into it. You know, it, I don't know how to explain it. it, it she, right. They and, didn't like beat her up and. Right. Nice right. Earth right. And then was, and then you brought it up to her. Well, the funny thing is she was having problems with her cycle. And the night before I found it, we went to the doctor. So I didn't want to say anything because, you know, right. I didn't know what to do. So what I did is I told her, I said, Nikki, you have to tell me if you've had sex. Because, you know, you had these tests done last night and, and she got a little nervous. And, I, and she, then she broke down and told me all about it. Mm-hmm. Is that the only time she'd had sex at that age? Yes. Okay. And so cause then I had to take her back and have all these tests done and... We went to the police station, and mm-hmm. I mean, it was a uh, terrible. Did they ever bring these guys to justice? Oh, yeah. oh they did. Jail. They went to jail. Yes, he did. Oh, good. I pressed charges. Oh, did anything like this ever happen to you? No, no, I, I, my, no, I never had that. And that's 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 the thing is like my family was re- is still really close. My father passed away, but. My family's really close and everything, and it's hard for me to understand this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I can't, I can't imagine what, in my mind, I keep going over, well, what's it doing to her? What's she going to think when she gets older? Is she mm-hmm. going to be go bad. from being, because some people that are molested either have eating disorders or they right. end up not, right. not wanting anything to do with men or else being real promiscuous. Right. You're, right. Trying, You're right. You're right, Demi. And it's, it's, I'm trying to figure out which way to do what's right for her and well, I'm scared oh, out of my mind. Oh, and, and it's a, it must be a horrible and, and helpless feeling. Exactly. Uh, and of course it's going to be disturbing to you and it's because you're a good mom that you're concerned like this. Uh, however, the best thing you can do actually is to get her some ongoing professional help. I would think, you know, what can you do? Well, you can be a supportive mom, you can be available, you can try to encourage her to talk about her feelings and and let her get on with her life and uh but she probably at that age is going to have difficulty really understanding or connecting with what it is that it has done to her and unless she is in some sort of therapeutic relationship with some with a professional it's probably not going to come out and it could impact her relationships in the way you're suggesting so if you have the resources and you want to do something that's something you can do get her a therapist and she can just you know for the next several years meet with that person once a week and yeah help. she's a good mom she cares about her kid uh, it was an isolated thing. It was traumatic, but um, I've heard worse. It, it could be. And things I, could think, turn out I fine. think she'll be all right. Yeah, things could turn out fine. Jessica. Jessica. Yeah? Yeah, you're 15. Yeah? Yeah, you're on Loveline. Oh, hi. All righty. So, <laughs> well, um, my problem is, um, well, my boyfriend's on vacation, and, like, I told him that I wasn't ready, like, to do anything with him or anything, and he went to the East Coast to visit his grandparents. And then, Hold on. I can see it now. Uh, listen, uh, Grandma wants me to come out for the summer. Uh, am I going to get any sex? Mm, no. Okay, hold on. Grandma? Yeah, I'm coming out. No, because I love you. <laughs> so he took off for the summer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, and then me and a bunch of my friends and a bunch of his friends, he's 17 and I'm 15, and we all went out, and um, I kind of gave his best friend a blowjob. Mm. Kind of? I did. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because, you know, if you only use part of your tongue, Drew, <laughs> it's only kind that's of. only half a blowjob. Wow. See, I would, 
<clears throat> Drew, we've talked about this before, and I know a blowjob is not what a blowjob used to be. Right, I understand that. To me, a blowjob was uh, something you did to piss off your parents back when. I mean, that was or, naughty. It was, yeah, deviant almost. Yeah, it came later. At least, the way, you know, from a guy who never really got one in high school, that's the way I always look. It was shrouded in mystery. <laughs> what is this elusive blowjob? Tell me more. I have to talk to my friends about it. But the deal is, is um, now I don't think it means quite as much. Well, now I think women have, have included it in the decision to start petting or to be close. Well, the guy, did, he did buy me some cotton candy after all. He deserves something. But uh, intriguingly, it's a way, women's way of sort of getting the guys, uh, of getting away from the issue of sex in general. You know, sort of disarms the guy. Sort of like throwing your dog a pillow when he's feeling amorous so he doesn't hump the company's leg. Is that what you're saying, Drew? Yeah. All right, so Jessica, you uh, gave oral sex to your boyfriend's best friend. Yeah. And now, is your boyfriend back in town yet? No, he's not going to be for another two weeks. Oh, he's playing dominoes with Grandma. Meanwhile, <laughs> you're going to town well, on there's a couple. Friend. There's two big issues here that we commonly talk about. One is... Hold on, why'd you do it? Well, we, we had kind of smoked some pot and, like, you know, so... You're, you're not... Look, you're just not that into your boyfriend. That's the bottom line here. Right? Well, I don't know. It's just, like... Have you always liked his best friend? No, he's like one of my friends, you know. Well, it's kind of gone beyond that, though. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're sort of shrouded in denial here. It's like you don't want to admit what's happened, but it happened, and there's obviously something more between you two, right? Yeah. Do you want to go f go through with more of a relationship with him? Um, it's like I still want to stay with my boyfriend, but I I just know that he he see his I heard that his best friend's been telling people. Telling like a bunch of our friends about what's been happening. No, like, you're done. You're done. I know he's gonna tell. Like it's you're done. You gotta get in the uh, witness relocation program. <laughs> they really need a uh, blowjob relocation program. And then this is the best friend thing again. Same principle, right? Yeah. 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 That's why I'll, I'll no longer have any best friends. <laughs> they'll uh, they'll kill you. I'll tell you. And I can only imagine what best friends do to you as adult. I mean, oh. when you're a kid, they just have sex with your, you know, when you're a teenager, your best friend has sex with your girlfriend. As an adult, they're, you know, sodomize your wife and move on, take off with your kids or something. Oh. Yeah. See, people smarten up. No one has any best friends as adults. <laughs> so, Jessica. Yeah. He's going to find out. Yeah, most likely. All right. You, did you sort of have some feelings for the best friend that's before? What, that's what I asked. No, nothing more than They were just life. friends. Mm. I can't buy that. Yeah, I can't either. Oh, oh! And you, did you guys make out and everything, or was just uh, right to the blowjob? Kind of right to, right to business. Wow! <laughs> and what and and what what was going through your uh, stoned and feeble mind at that point? <laughs> I mean, did you just think, is this something I wanted to do, or he's going to really dig this, or I mean, what do you think? I know you're stoned and everything, but well, I I I guess I didn't really think about it. I just like, you know, didn't. Where are all the impulsive women in my but Jessica, life? Jessica, I'm not. I am not. Uh, all right, buying your your thing here, your story. I mean, you're you're you don't take responsibility for anything. You don't really like him. You just it's whatever. You, you need to figure out what's what's up with you and to be honest with yourself and uh, go with your feelings. Obviously, only so into the boyfriend. Yeah. If you're just doing the impulsive face dive into his best friend's crime and. Obviously, something for the the best friend. Either that, or just a tremendously helpless person who who feels terrible about herself, and anybody can convince her to do anything. It didn't even sound like the guy did any 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 Convincing. put any legwork right, in. Right. 
You know, I would have to wear out a pair of shoes and spend uh, quite a few dollars before I got any oral pleasure. This guy was just probably yawning, and she just latched onto him. It's very strange. It oh, breaks my heart to hear about young people getting this stuff. I get a very strange feeling from her. I just, it's just. Uh, I don't know. I didn't get that weird a vibe. But here's the deal: you cannot uh, have your cake and blow it too. I think that's the lesson we're learning here tonight. It's You're not into the boyfriend. The boyfriend is going to find out, and he's going to be PO'd. And here's the catch-22. If the boyfriend finds out and dumps you, you're dumped. And if the boyfriend finds out and doesn't dump you, there's something flawed in his character, and you don't want to be with him anyway. Either way, you got to get out of it. I would uh, wait for the guy to come back in town. Don't ruin the rest of his vacation. Uh, tell him what went on. Downgrade blowjob to hand job, and move on. Okay. That's why they call me the sage, Drew. Blinds galore, baby. Cool your home, man. You want to talk about it. I know it's getting hot. It's hot where we are. It's hot where you are, I'm sure. It's hot right here. It's hot right here. Oh. No. Yeah, turn the air down a little. Anyway, it, the, the sun just blasting through. I mean, think about how hot your car gets. Think how much cooler your car would be if you parked it out in the sun if it had blinds all the way around. Well, that's the same thing with your house. And then also, everything gets bleached out. The fabric gets bleached out. The... You get bleached out. The carpet gets bleached out. BlindsGalore.com. Quality, custom-built blinds and shades made just for you. We use them here. Use them there. And it's the kind of thing you get once and you use it for the next 25 years. So let's get going. Free samples, free shipping, free design advice, and uh, real easy. And you save money over the big box stores. Blinds Galore. I really do have Blinds Galore. Go to BlindsGalore.com. Let them know I sent you. Let them know that uh, they are proud sponsors and that you heard it here. BlindsGalore.com. All right. Hey, this is Greg Fitzsimmons, host of Fitz Dog Radio on Podcast One. Join me in my exploration, my rage against middle age, where I bring on guests from Hollywood. We talk about everything behind the scenes. Guys like John Hamm, Zach Galifianakis, Corolla, Hardwick, Rogan, Sarah Silverman. It is Inside TV with an Edge. Fitzdog Radio on Podcast One, the home of podcasting. Oh. What the hell was that? Oh, all right. Sounded cool. Gotta work that into the mix. All right, Mike, turn your mic down a little bit, please. Jesus Christ. Here, I'm breathing. Phone number 1-800-LOVE-191, fax number 310-854-4455. John Popper from Blues Traveler will be in here tomorrow night, and I will be getting down with him spiritually, physically, and musically. It's going to be another um, Loveline Jam session. All right, we got the message. We got it. I was talking to a friend of mine tonight who, um, the guy who works at Vibe, the producer guy at Vibe. Right. And uh, talking about Blues Traveler. And he said, uh, you know, uh, at the party you were at on Saturday night, the one where I got real drunk, yeah, you're talking to one of the guys from Blues Traveler for like a half hour. Do you remember? I have no idea. Okay. I I'm just so proud of you. I'm glad the way you... I just appreciate the way you represent the show. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> oh, it was, it was brilliant. Lauren. Hey, you're 14. Yeah, um, well, I'm pregnant with this guy, and, um, no one, like, none of my friends, except for my best friends, know that I'm even dating this guy. All right, how far along are you? 
Um, about a month. And who is? Who is? Do around um April sixteenth. Are you planning to keep the child? Yeah. I mean, you must have just found out you were pregnant. Yeah. Like when? Like a couple of days ago. Okay. And you're planning to keep it. How old is the guy? I'm 15. And how do you know him? Um, I met him through like kind of a friend of a friend of my best friend, you know? Why is it such a secret that you're seeing the guy? Well, because I'm afraid how they're going to react. Why? Because my parents like would not approve of this guy. Why? Because he, um, he's like really, he's like into heavy drugs and stuff. Oh, okay. Oh, great. Well, I'm sure he'll be a good dad in another seven, eight months. Is he doing IV drugs? Um, yeah. So um, you need an AIDS test, you need a hepatitis C test also, right? I guess, yeah. Y- yeah, Lauren, I mean, that's true. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I, I, AIDS, obviously, I think people are coming to understand that's a significant <laughs> risk, but even a more substantial risk for you, uh-huh. it would be hepatitis C, which is very common and people use IV drugs. And this is a disorder that has a somewhere on a 60 to 80% chance of causing chronic liver disease and ultimately half of those people get cirrhosis and even cancer. I mean, this is very serious stuff. Uh-huh. I mean, this is life-shattering life issues. Mm. I mean, it, but I, I mean, we've got to take this very seriously. I mean, it's, it's all sort of tossed out there like, oh, I'm pregnant now and I'm just worried about the guy. It's not well, that. she's overwhelmed. I mean, what, what, how did you get into this situation? Well, I'm, I just got pregnant. <laughs> And um, he says that um, he wants me to move in with his family. And he's a heroin addict. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he's living with his family. Yeah, that's kind of a messed up family. How do you get to be a heroin addict at 15? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, you have to really be in trouble usually. You really got to work hard, huh? Yeah. I didn't have that kind of discipline. Uh, um, what's going on with you, Lauren, that you would act out with a guy like this? What ha- what's happening at your home? Um, I've got a good family. Well, if you have a good family, do you love them? Mm-hmm. No? All right. Why don't you like your family? Um, well, I don't see my dad all that much. Where is he? He is in New York. Mm-hmm. Doing what? Um, I don't know. He's with his new wife. I see. When did uh-huh. that happen? Um, like, I don't know, like, Four years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Hold on. Hold on a second, Laura. Quick message to Papa. Yeah. Don't ignore your daughter. Or don't don't uh, think that your behavior is not going to have a dramatic impact on hers. Oh, yeah. Dramatic. No matter what it is. Oh, yes. You don't you treat mistreat your wife. You don't spend enough time with your kids. You focus too much on your business. You don't give kids discipline. You don't spend dinner with them. Hold on, Drew. Well, weren't you the guy who left a case of chocolate out on the counter uh, not more than a week ago so that the kids could scurry off of them like brought, raccoons and devour them? The little in that bulk I know form. that the rest of my household would let it sit there. You got to fire that nanny of yours. Where's she from? Prague? Boy, did I have a conversation with her on the phone the other day. The point is, is this. Dads, uh, do not abandon your daughters. Uh, do not abuse your daughters because they will find a new papa. Or, or, They'll uh, find a 15-year-old heroin addict, Papa. Well, a symbol of how they feel about you. Oh, yes. That's really what that they is. They will find a new Papa, only the difference is, is they're having sex with this Papa. Oh. That is what goes on. You know what I want on my test, uh, by the way? My um, personal ranking system or personal rating system? 
through. We were talking about this today. There yeah. should be a little tag on the end of each one. Five-pointer. A coda. For uh, the ladies, what do you think of your dad? And for the guys, what do you think of your mom? Because this will ensure, ensure your uh, relationship. I mean, either it'll make it or it'll break it. In other words, if I'm potentially trying to size up a woman to date her, and at the very end she says, I hate my dad, if I had a gun I'd shoot him, uh, that's a deal breaker. Right. You know there's trouble. And if a guy hates his mom, can't stand her, wants to kill her, so on and so forth, or is over-involved with mom or what ha have you, Actually, he's probably in the guise if he's over-involved with mom. But the point is, is that should be a little rider at the end of the test because that's how you know if you can date them successfully sort of or not. Double Jeopardy question. Thank you, Drew. Daily double. All right. So, uh, Lauren, mm -hmm. uh, you're going to keep the kid. You're going to raise it. Yeah. You're not going to give it up for adoption, and you're not going right. to get an abortion. All right. Here, no. Here's what you're going to do. Now, why won't you get an abortion, by the way? Because I just don't believe in that, I guess. Mm -hmm. But you believe in sex with heroin addicts. <laughs> Yeah. There's where, but she draws a line at abortion. Yeah. I like that. All right. Ah, uh, I don't. I. I'm not so sure about this guy, Lauren. Here, yeah. Here's the deal. You. You can. It's admirable, frankly. I think it's admirable that she would see the pregnancy through. It's uh, going to uh, be difficult to raise a child, particularly since she's a child herself. But uh, so be that. And hopefully, she gets some family support for that. But at least she can avoid totally screwing up her life by not getting involved further with this guy. You understand? I mean, there's a potential for uh, salvation, uh, some, uh, salvaging this, this where's life. Where's the kitty, Drew? I'm going to put a dollar in already. Oh. Everybody, all of America, dig into that wallet. But, but be that as it may. Just, Seriously. I, I understand. But, but I, I would rather, the, the only way out of this is away from that guy. Unless he gets clean and sober and is that way for yeah, like three years. Yeah, you cannot years. have a heroin addict around your and you, infant. Yeah, you don't want to go into a like crazy a Smoke the kid. This, this is the beginning of a long slide into misery. Oh. Now, I, oh. Would, I ask you to seriously consider adoption. Seeing the pregnancy through because of your beliefs is, an ex, is a wonderful thing. Okay. But can think about adoption. So you don't have... So you can ultimately go on and live your life the way it becomes... Whatever it becomes. You know, give yourself a chance to grow into an adult and live your life the way you want to. And to give this child an opportunity to have parents who are ready to be parents. Okay. There are lots of very, very, uh, very eager uh, and and uh, worthwhile parents out there w would would love to raise the child. All right, so Lauren, mm -hmm. seriously consider adoption, please. Okay. Uh, believe me, if I ran the country, it would not be an option. Mandated. You, oh, oh yes. You put that, oh my! You know, you're sounding more like me all the time. Thank you. Anyone under uh, anyone under eighteen has a kid. Up, oh, we're taking it. Yeah. Putting it in my farm. Oh, yes. Strong back. Uh, the ladies, uh, we we send away to an island. But the men with the strong backs, we, we make workers out he of He wants them. to groom this child for his, uh, you know, abuse farm. <laughs> Old McDrool. All right, Lauren, uh, give the kid up for adoption. That would be our option. If that's not something you're willing to do, then please uh, think this guy through. Because he will have some legal rights here, by the way. Uh, Heroin Papa, at uh, now 15, at the ripe old age of 15 and a half. Let's be fair, though, Drew. He's only 15 now. By the time the child comes out, he may be 15 and three quarters. There's a big difference uh, between a new 15 and an old 15. And, and work on your relationship with your dad. Uh, that's really where the where the whole dad is. should be working on the relationship. Dad should be oh, uh, punished. Hey, hey! In my society, we go after dad too. It's oh yeah! Oh, it's the trickle down effect. Yes. 
I pulled this guy right in by the ear. Uh, hold on. I know you're banging your trophy wife uh, over in, in New York, and I know you got a big law firm to run, but come here. Come here. I want to show you something. Your young girl, because you did not hang around and raise her because you had to take off and bang your secretary, is now pregnant at 14 because she did not have any guidance. You understand? She now, you for she's her. a minor, and the guy who knocked her up is a minor. Let me tell you who the only adult is in this equation. You. Now, we're going right after you, by the way. you got to pay for uh, The state is not going to be responsible for this. You are. This is your child. Your child is pregnant. You did not put the time in on your child when you should have. And now we're going we're gonna to take it out of you. you know, really, That's what I want. That, that is the country I, I, I want to live it, in. Those kinds of forces need to be in place. What Obviously. Oh, if people are allowed to. Hold on a second. I can't have a pot plant in my backyard. That's the kind of society we're living in, Drew. I live in a goddamn house. I can't grow a pot plant in my backyard. You can't. You can't. I would you be arrested. I can't paint my house the color I want to paint it. I can't get my garbage picked up. If I want to take the damn mail down to the box, I got to pull a permit from the city. I had the damn guy from the city coming in here telling me you got to tear that chimney down. I said it's my house. I want to chance it. I live on the edge. That's the way I live my life. I walk around the goddamn house in slippers and a hard hat. No, you're tearing it down and you're going to pay us 150 bucks for the permit to tear it down. That's the kind of society we live in. I can't have a pot plant in my backyard and I can't make leave my chimney alone, but I'll tell you one thing I sure as hell can do. You can take care of the Lawrence and Lawrence's daughters. Oh, yes, that I can do very well. I can't get my garbage picked up and I can't have the pot plant, but I sure as hell can pay for everyone who wants to get pregnant. And, and well, the, and the 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 carnage that their parents have created. No, oh, they have no problem. Because everybody's me concerned about oh. their individual issues. He wants to go bang his secretary, whatever. He, people do not hey, consider. He's, he's got rights. You know. What it, about my right not to pay for other people's rights? Where's that right? What about my right to say f you? You had a kid, you pay for the kid. Where's that right? Where is that right? What about the right that I say, uh, I want my chimney the way it is. I don't care if it falls down and crushes my dog. Where is that right? I worked on my house. It cost me 1500 bucks worth of crappy permits. Just paperwork. Just greasing the palms of the bureaucrats down in Van Nuys. Oh, this is so pathetic. And I can't, all this money and permits, I can't put a pot plant in my backyard. You know, if I put a pot plant in my backyard, I would have a DEA agents rappelling down the hill with three helicopters over my house. I'd be led away uh, shielding my face in front of the cameras before they uh, put me in a squad car. Meanwhile, this guy's dad's banging the, what's Lauren's dad's banging the secretary off in New York uh, is not responsible whatsoever for the, uh, for, what for the raising of this child. For the carnage he creates and the people. Oh, and we don't want to live in the kind of society that's going to go after him. Well, we already live in that kind of society. Well, They're just going the, after me and my chimney. They're going after the wrong people for the wrong that's reason. That's right. Maybe the right people, but the wrong they reason. They sit in my house and masturbate. Leave me alone. <laughs> All right. Commercial. All right, we gotta go. Commercial. <laughs> Let's put out the lights and go to sleep. Honey, turn off the radio. Hey, guy, you know that you want to be the guy that all your buds want to be. Oh, man, I want to party with him. Yeah, that guy. 
Well, then here's how you do it. Just listen to these two shows every week. The Art of Charm. We talk about how to create confidence, how to get people to like and trust you, productivity, time management, biohacking, and more. And The Chive. You never know who's going to drop by the studio, and you certainly never know what we're going to say to them. Download new episodes of The Chive and The Art of Charm every week at podcastone.com. It's a guy thing, all right? Be that guy. Oh, yes. I've jammed with quite a few um, oh, icons in the music industry over the over the months here on Love Line, Drew. Tomorrow I will continue the jamming with the great John Popper from Blues Traveler. Drew, I know you're not a fan of any music uh, that, that is sung in English. Right. It's all got to be done in Latin or German. And it has to be done by uh, overweight, bearded women uh, and Italian. Italians is kind of... Don't they sing in Latin? Italian. It's all right. Let it go. Mike, quiet down. Would you over there? Italian, French, and German. Right. What are you trying to... <laughs> go ahead. Okay. Just The point is this. John Popper is a huge talent. Huge. Do you know what I'm saying, Drew? I hear you, sir. The guy plays the harmonica like uh, nobody's business. Yes. If I was Bob Dylan, I'd kill myself after hearing John Popper yeah. play that uh, yeah. harmonica. And sings like an angel. Yeah. And plays harmonica at the same time. Not easy to do. What's your point? He will be in here tomorrow night, and I will once again be jamming with him. Engineer Mike, do you have the tape of the last time John Popper was in here? Here it is. It's a tear to your eye. That's you on the saxophone. Yeah. That Kenny G can kiss my ass. Starting to buy into some of my own hype. All right. All right. I've heard enough. All right. Adam is starting to grate on even me tonight. And a lot of people think, well, playing one instrument that well would be enough. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. This is like the fourth time you've said this. I'm just saying, I'm like Muhammad Ali, you know, plugging a fight. Yeah, sure, I, I talk a lot, but I deliver All once right. I enter the ring. All right. So tomorrow night... We were totally impressed. I mean, you shocked us all. Well, prepare to be re-shocked. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Tomorrow night, Anne. I'm going to come in here like a uh, volt of uh, 220 coursing through your I veins. I believe you. After what I saw in the sacks, I totally believe you. And knows uh, no longer to doubt the man anymore. All right, so John Popper and some uh, more jamming tomorrow night. Liz. Yes. Hey, you're 20. You're on Loveline. Hi. I just wanted to um, add to your injustice that you were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I live in an apartment in Sacramento, and um, we have an exit sign on our patio wall. And we got a letter last night from the apartment managers telling us that we needed to take it down because some residents in the, in the complex had a problem with it. Oh, sure. Yeah, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just a sign. It doesn't have any kind of race, racist or, you know... What was their problem with it? That they were confused? Well, like, here, I'll read you the letter. I have it right here. Oh. Now, I know, it, when it not, comes to what you want to do to your yeah, dwelling, all of a sudden well, we're living in Nazi now, Germany. I understand that, but you were not going off just about authority in general. In fact, I, I am 
this, this, what you're yelling about is, is actually the outgrowth of the, the 60s when it was all about distrusting authority. The wrong kind of authority came into place because of that. Well, we're worried about it's, the man. It's, yeah, but the man has now become an unthoughtful, uh, poorly thought out uh, oh, you know, bureaucracy. bureaucracy it's right. the, the man has taken, off a, a t- taken on a life of his own. Oh, yeah. Like when I had the inspector in my house and I did a big remodel. And the inspector was telling me, the bathroom door in my downstairs bathroom, I have one bathroom downstairs, that bathroom door is going to need to be 32 inches wide uh, by code. And I said, yes, but the old door was only 24 inches wide. Old house, built in the 20s, very narrow door. And obviously, poorly built, standing there through multiple earthquakes. Yeah, it only made it years. 75 years. Yeah, and right. it's still exact same shape it was yeah, 75 and, uh, years now ago. Now they've got much better ideas about how it has to be put back together. Well, why? why? Why is that code the way it is? Uh, because I got money. No? Some, somebody come in your house, visit you with? With what? A wheelchair. Yes, true. How do you know about the wheelchair code? Because because I have an office and I, I was going to gonna, I was gonna go ahead and explain that, but uh, thankfully, Drew, Drew, by the way, not only paying attention but knows something about the topic. But I mean, but the house. It's a one-two punch but, for Drew. But I mean, to get a wheelchair up into your house would require a crane. Think a, about that. His house sits on a, on a hill, a stair a crane, that I can barely get up. Listen, we would uh, we would need a catapult like the ones they used to use to storm the castle back I mean, when. It's just so Let me unthinkable. Tell you, my grandmother came over to visit me the other day. She couldn't get the Took stairs. her an hour and 45 minutes to get from I, the street up to my house. I will not let my kids in your house. I'm afraid they'll fall off that wall or up, even get up the stairs to your house. They could just topple off. I, I live in Darwin's house, by the way. It is survival the fittest. Anybody moronic enough to go running off a wall chasing a Frisbee, uh, God bless them. They're gone. Yeah. Good. This is how this is how I weed out the stupid. I'm surprised they don't uh, like require a six foot fence. Oh, all yo, they got requirements for that. Oh, really? Oh, yes. Is that going to happen? They they are saving you from yourself. Yes. God bless them. They are saving you from yourself. But anyway, this guy said to me, the door has to be 32 inches wide in the bathroom. I said the old door was only 24 inches wide. It's right over here. He said the problem is you took out the old door. And once you take out the old door, see, I would have let you keep the old door. We can't just walk around and tell you to replace new, you know, old with new. But once you pop off the old door, including the jam, and just leave a rough opening, now you got to go up to code. You can no longer uh, just replace it. Can't, you can't just put the jam back can't in. Can't put it back. You took it off. Oh, that uh, is, that, right. Uh, That's right. Yeah, you're right. You can pay a few hundred thousand dollars for a house, but it's not yours. You're only renting it from the city, pretty much. They get to come by once in a while and tell you how to live your life. So this guy says, well, I need a 32. I said, uh, being, a, being a contractor in a past life, I said 32 for wheelchair access, right? He knew what I was getting at. He said 32 is code. I said, why is it code? Because that's the way it is, 32 inches. It's for wheelchair access, is it not? That's code. Now we're getting into an argument because this bastard won't admit. That's why it's the code. It's a code. 32 inches wide so you can wheel a wheelchair through a thing. But there's several thousand stairs before you get... It'd be impossible to wheelchair up to your house. You, be, could not, impo- you couldn't do it. That's you right. Could not, you could, I couldn't carry it up to your house with nobody in it. If I threw a party and invited Larry Flint, he I'd have right. to take. I'd have to cut him off a chuck, no. chunk of the six-foot sub and lower it down to him. No, no, no. You'd have to helicopter. He'd have to be helicopter. No, right he just parked yeah. the thing down in the street, and I would bring him. I'd, I'd like hire a woman to bring him beer. He could never come up to the house. Yeah. Never. But the door's got to be 32 for wheelchair access. 
This is when bureaucracy has gone awry. But it does that in so many ways. Now, what are you doing here? Are you really worried about the guy in the wheelchair who's never coming up here and never living in this house? And what about my no gimp policy? I don't like gimps. What about that? What about that? I'm personally offended by handicapped people. What about that, Drew? I don't want them in my house. I trust that's not true. I'll not have a handicapped person in my house. All right, let's get back to the calls. What if I? What if that is my own personal policy? I cannot exercise um, that policy in my own house. Uh, I'm offended you, by people into, in wheelchairs. Yeah, I do getting, not want them in my house. I would. I would like to see a society. That is my that, policy. I would like to see a. That's why I bought a house, by the way. I would like. To I see hate a people in wheelchairs yeah, so yeah. much, Drew, that I had to get my own house in order to get away from those people. I would like to see a society that created forces that required people thinking like that to, to interact with all people. Right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Stuff. But force me to make my bathroom door bigger for uh, the guy in the wheelchair who'll never, ever come to my house is nothing but flexing a bunch of bureaucratic muscle, and it's BS. And, by the way, I have to pay him for the, uh, for the opportunity. Uh, what the hell is that? So what happened? Um, he changed his door. He really did? Now, I, it, it, 20, 32 would not fit in that space. It was physically impossible. Uh, I went to the largest size that would fit, and it still screwed up the inside detail with the, with the thing, but he would not bend any more than that. I think there's like a 29-inch door in there or something like that, which still screwed things up. Lisa. Lisa. You mean Liza? Liza, yeah. Okay, I was like, hello. Yeah, um, hi, Adam. Hi, Dr. Drew. How are oh, you? Hold on a second, Liza. Oh, yeah. I was going on a tirade. How confused could you really have been? <laughs> oh, Someone I know what happens. punches up the line and says, Lisa, I mean, uh, where'd you think you, you think you were like uh, speaking Chinese or something? Well, no, I was like, hello. All right. <laughs> Wasn't sure. All right, baby. I didn't hear I didn't hear the little click. Don't make oh. me go off on you, too. Oh, I'm sorry. Anyway, here's right. my question. All right. Um, it's going to sound a little bit freaky, and that's why I'm asking. Um, I really enjoy phone sex, and I'm wondering if there's a there's some kind of problem with that, or should I just not worry about it, or what? You know, we got to go to break here. Oh, we do. Break yeah. All right. uh, but this is titillating. Hold on. We'll, we'll, we'll get to this. All right. I'm done with my tirades. When <laughs> we come sure? back. Yeah. Well, I think so. <laughs> I think we're taking four calls this week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm a filler. Liza. Yeah. Sit tight. Okay. Uh, don't diddle yourself. <laughs> we'll be back in a few minutes, and we'll get to you and your phone sex question. Hey, everybody, Dr. Drew here. And I'm Mike Catherwood. And we just want to say thank you both to our sponsors for supporting the show and to those of you who support our sponsors by clicking through on the Amazon banner. Be sure to use the products that support this program. Without them, we are unable to continue to uh, thrive. Kind of pull, As Adam would say, I pull a wind in the sails. Keep the pirate ship afloat? Well, we don't have a pirate ship like he does, but we got to keep this thing afloat. And the way they do it is by clicking through on Amazon for any purchases. And it doesn't cost you a thing. But Amazon kicks a little bit over to the podcast producers, yeah. and we can keep doing our podcast. Yeah, and it, look, again, let's remind people, you're probably going to use Amazon anyway. Yeah. So if you could, just before, go ahead and click through that banner. Do your shopping the same way that you would, and when uh, we get a little, we get our beak wet. So go to Podcast One, head to over to the Loveline page, and then click through on the Amazon banner there, and you'll be supporting the show, and we appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Adam Carolla, the upstart young Dr. Drew. The show's Loveline. Phone number 1-800-LOVE-191, fax number 310-854-4455. John Popper coming up from Blues Traveler tomorrow, and we will be back in 10 seconds. This is Loveline on Radio Station.
KROQFM, Pasadena, Los Angeles. The world famous K-Rock. All right, Adam Carolla, Dr. Drew, Loveline, and it's back to the phones. We've really been burning through the calls tonight. Let's keep it going. Uh, Lisa, you're 26. Liza, you're 26. Yeah? What's going on there, Mama? What? Oh, yeah, you're into the phone sex. Yeah, like I said, I just want to make sure I'm not some kind of freak or something. Mm. You mean with a, with a boyfriend or? Mm, well, no, it kind of started off kind of strange like that, but then um, you have those, those daylight. Well, yeah, talk to people about um, physical intimacy, um, things like that. Tell them what they're going to do and what they're going to do to you. And- I've never called one of these party lines because um, I only have two hands. I can't hold a magazine, hold the phone, and my penis speaker all at the same now? time. A oh, speakerphone? <laughs> there you go. No, I see it. Do you thought uh, about that. have a boyfriend? Um not at the moment. No. Really? What a surprise. Well, well, the thing is that I'm... That's that's the thing is that now I'm just not even really out there looking for a boyfriend or why? anything like that. Why? Um, why? Well, because... Uh, strike one. <laughs> she repeated the question. One. Well, yeah. no, I'm sorry. Um, why... The, the reason why is because I guess right now I'm just not really interested in anyone out there and... Why? Past relationships has just been really stupid. <laughs> why? What happened? What it, um, Give us, for an example, the last one. The last one? Actually, he's probably going to end up in jail. So. Ah, imagine that. Yeah. Gee, what a surprise, huh? Mm-hmm. Did he oh. abuse you? No, um, but the one before that stalked me, so <laughs> I just had this line of really bad luck. Right. So you, you well, I, luck I don't think had too much to do with this. I mean, the only constant in here was Liza. Yeah. And uh, you chose these guys. There's something about... Yeah, I know. That's why I keep thinking there must be something wrong with me. So I'm like, well, stay away from them for a while. Well, and so what you've done Listen, is... Listen, I don't mind this kind of thinking. Something's no, broke. She's not ready to fix it just yet. In the well, meantime, she's, she's not going to go out and us. hurt herself. Yeah, that's fine. But I'm, she's asking us if something is broke, and we're trying to explore what might be. No, broke. she's well, not asking. Well, yes. okay, she was asking yes, that. But I'm going to get back to the phone sex just well, for Well, let me just finish my thing. Then you can ask all oh, the details Haven't she talked enough tonight, But the deal is... You know, you've got to understand that you're pursuing intimacy in a way that is not working for you. You're either going for guys that are unavailable or abusive or some for some reason a bad choice for an f- intimate partner. Mm-hmm. And when you're disappointed and disillusioned by that, you reach out and have these very vicarious, uh, you know, surreal experiences that are really sort of uh, brushes with intimacy, but there's nothing real about them. Yeah. And it's all attempt to do the same thing, but for some reason there's, as Adam would say, something wrong with the radar. Something, something is... Uh, affecting your ability to choose an appropriate partner and carry out a relationship that is genuinely intimate. All right. Now that Drew's got that off his chest, let's get to the meat of the call. Yeah, okay, what? You call these party lines. Uh Uh-huh. These party lines, it's really euphemism for sex line, right? Not always. Some of them are just like, sometimes they're date lines that you put different... You can get in different categories and things like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what about this whole Star 69 business where they oh, can... Oh, no, you can't do that. Oh, no. You can't? No, you can't. Well... Why not? You don't actually... T- and you can... You don't have their phone number. ...through the system, and they can't call you back. I see. How uh-huh. do you break off individually once you call up this group party line? Just whenever you're finished, you hang up. <laughs> yeah, but how do you get somebody to speak to somebody separately? Oh, um... They pair off. They're special... There's special um, different numbers you can push. You can be like, you know, press one to leave a message, press two to talk to them directly. Mm. Poor guy's paying four fifty 
exactly. a minute, and uh, Liza's going on for free yep. for hours and hours. That's the kind of society we have, by the way. The, the men will pay. The women, we just make it free, and maybe enough of them will join in. <laughs> so you break off, and, you, and, and the topic uh, quickly turns to sex, right? Well, pretty much, yeah. You just kind of right. leave this. How do you get that. into that? What is the first one? What is the first move? What do you mean, what's the first move? Into sex. Know. You know, you're chatting it up. Well, I'll be I'm... a guy. Let me be one of the guys, Liza. <laughs> okay? Go ahead. Oh, we're chatting it up. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, well, let's see. You're not really named Liza. But for the Not sake the of, no. of realism, I'll just call you Sheila because you wouldn't use your real name, oh, no, uh-huh. even though you're only using your fake name here. <laughs> All right, we'll just go with Liza. Hey, Liza, what's going on with you? Ah, uh, not much. Yeah. What's up with you? Mm, you know, just hanging out, bored, going to stay in tonight. Going to stay in tonight? So yeah. what are you planning on? Anything in particular? Just thought I'd have kind of a me night. What kind of mood are you in? Feeling a little frisky. A little frisky, huh? Yeah. Sun goes down. Street lights come on. Penis pops up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely yeah. Really yeah, I'm a lot of man, too, let me tell you. Mm, do you have a big one? Mm, I'd say it's medium big. <laughs> Why? What are you, what are you wearing? <laughs> you wearing something? Can you really say this stuff on the air? <laughs> yeah. What'd you do? Just get out of the shower or something? Oh, yeah, I'm soaking wet. Yeah, you seem kind of wet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah which hand are you holding the phone with? <laughs> you good hand? Oh, yeah. yeah. She put me on speaker there and where I belong. <laughs> so this is... <laughs> <laughs> and this is how it goes, right? Um, sometimes it's... it's Sometimes people get in the conversation a little bit more faster. It's really funny. And then the guy just really starts, you guys just start going at it, right? Yeah. Talking about what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, just fantasies. And- now, how do you phrase it? Do you do it in like a past tense or present tense? Like, are, are, is a guy saying, you know what I'd be doing if I was over there? Or is he saying, you know what I'm doing right now? You know, it all depends on the guy, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really does. I mean, sometimes they'll go into what they're doing mm-hmm. to themselves right now. Uh-huh. And well, really, that doesn't really work for me because I'm like, well, whatever, you know. <laughs> right. And but then if if they Liza. go into the fantasies where they're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna, you know, I'll tie you up and. Liza, uh, do you have an orgasm right there on the phone? Um, normally I hang up before that. Oh, you do? Yeah. Why? Just, Poor guy's paying five bucks a minute. He can't even hear you have an orgasm. Well, it really depends. I mean. All right, Liza. Into it, I'm, yeah. Does this make you feel good and gratifying? You know what. <laughs> Uh, you know, the first time it was like I thought it was really cool, and that's that's why I was wondering if there's a problem with it because I'm like, no, not really. It doesn't make you feel good. No. Well, all right, so you need to find something else, like a real guy. Well, mm. yes and no, but like I said, they keep just turning out wrong. No, you so. keep finding the wrong guys. You keep going for the wrong guys. Like, yeah. Listen, and I, I mean, I could just hear it in her voice. She is just, just she does not feel good about herself, and the only way, <sighs> the only way she feels connected with somebody is when they sort of take over for her when she's kind of consumed you know did you, you feel that when you were interacting with her you mean sexually well you had to kind of consume her to get her into it she just she's so she's not good at being mutual in a relationship mm-hmm. she doesn't feel worthwhile enough she really is you know she has to step up a little bit and pick some worthwhile guys because she you know until she does she's never going to find anything worthwhile for herself Lindsay. yes you're 21 okay here's my problem I've been best friends with a girl for a little over a year. Uh-oh. Now, and best friend. 
in that time, we've practically become inseparable. You know, we go everywhere together and do everything. You're 21. Isn't it a little bit late for the best friend thing? I don't think so. Uh-huh. I think everyone should have a really good friend that they can... Yeah, true. There's nothing wrong I'm with the best asking, friend 21. Is, isn't that sort of late? Well, true. You were, you know, um, you had your ascots laid out for you. You, you could be fine. That was my valet, though. That was my best your, friend. Your valet, yes. Drew didn't have a best friend. Drew had a squire. <laughs> Here's what Drew had growing up. He had seconds, uh, a squire, uh, his people, and a valet. And uh, they would lay out his monogram ascots uh, each day on his silk spread before he uh, left the bathroom in his uh, genuine terry cloth towels. And uh, usually you could find Drew at the club sipping an extra dry martini or something like that. But he never had a best friend. Just people that uh, his uh, the estate employed on his behalf. And Lindsay has a best friend. There's nothing wrong with that. All right. Thank you, Adam. All right. Well, this past Saturday, we went to a club that we like to go to. She was drinking. I wasn't because I was driving. Uh, she had way too much to drink. We got into an argument about a look that she said I had on my face. That she must have, she misunderstood, and she linked it with a comment that a third person told her I had said, but I hadn't said it. A fourth person actually said it. She blew up. She was accusing me. I knew why she was mad. Uh, if really the fourth didn't. person tells her directly, can the fourth person then become the third person, or does the fourth person have to tell the third person no, so the that the third person can tell her? Because if the fourth goes right to her, the no, fourth the becomes fourth. the third person, right, Drew? Right. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. You, you lost me, Adam. I'm just saying. You said it was the fourth person, but I'm saying if the fourth goes directly to the second person, then she becomes the third person. And then, of course, the third would become the fourth. Of course. Right? Right. Yeah. Well, I didn't say it. Okay. She blew up at me. She was accusing me. I knew why she was mad. I really didn't. Uh the argument continued out to the parking lot. I kept asking her what she was talking about, and she said she was so mad she could hit me. <laughs> because I thought she wouldn't do it, I got in her face and said, if you think that little of me and our friendship, go ahead and do it. The next thing I knew, she attacked me. She grabbed my face, dug her nails in. The mm-hmm. next thing I knew, I was on the ground, and she slammed my head on the concrete. Um, our friend stopped it. Uh, was she? Did she intentionally slam your head on the concrete? I... I was questioning that. She was loaded, too. I don't don't know. To me, this is still a very dangerous element to be in. Anyone who, like, kicks somebody while they're down on the ground or smacks, tries to bang their head against the concrete or something, uh, that that is a very dangerous and volatile person. Yeah. Mm, I I, I don't know. It all happened so fast. I don't know. Well, see, Drew, why you need best friends? See, you know what your problem is, Drew. You got no best friends, and you've never been attacked. Ah. You don't know what it's like to be attacked by a loved one. Ah. My question actually is: Is that we've we're going to get together later this week and discuss this? We want to come to some resolution. She wants to work this out, and so do I. I don't, you know, after being best friends and having such a good relationship without, you know, th- throughout the year. Yeah, there was not. not there's something. This is like this is like a you know a boy girl relationship too that ends. Yeah, up I know. Like this. There's something flawed in the relationship. Obviously, there there's sort of the. prison lesbian movie overtones going on here. No, but it, you ever see Caged Heat? <laughs> What? No. No. There's no lesbian stuff going on, really. But it was an over... I don't know. Someone gets drunk. There's a physical attack in the parking lot. It's just an over-intense, enmeshed relationship. You see that? There's not a lot of mutuality in this relationship. It's like you own each other, and you're you're intertwined in a way that's intense. And uh, when somebody gets upset or somebody has a set of feelings, the other person sort of 
by osmosis sort of uh, gathers those feelings and experiences them. It's not good. And she's, the, the way she reacts to alcohol is very uh, um, suspicious. Ah, so talk to her, patch it up, and say you can no longer get drunk in front of me. Oh, I don't know. It's just a, and look, they're beating around. I just... Just understand that this friendship is not built on what you thought it was. That there well, are sort of Chris, primitive needs being met in this relationship that are not healthy. But let's, maybe a little bit of distance. Let's be fair. She was eyeballing her. You know? Yeah, yeah I know. Uh, you know. Maybe a little distance between the two of you would be worthwhile. It, it, this, you know, sometimes real narcissistic people have friends just to keep control over them. They're they're there to meet their needs. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they're suspicious that you're sort of breaking out and individuating from the relationship, they become enraged and have to destroy them. <laughs> Really? You've been, you've been reading too much science fiction. We have I don't, to I don't destroy mean destroy well, I mean in a figure. They, they, they get an impulse to try to, to, try to you know, push yeah. them out of their life or they get violent. Listen, everyone break off and uh, die alone. That's my advice. Jeremy. Yes. You're 25. Poor son of a bitch. You know, I've been on hold for 24 of those. You've been, uh, yes, you've been on hold for 80 minutes. And here's the irony, Jeremy. You were... Slated to be the second call tonight. Drew wrote down on his little magic marks a lot board there. <laughs> line number two for the second one. But we just took a call regarding rape for the first call of the night. And uh, and I never read the calls before we go to them. But for some bizarre reason, I glanced up, saw the word rape in your call and decided, nah, we don't have to take two rape calls in a row. And I just punched uh, the line next to it. And then uh, out of sight, out of mind, Drew moved on. And that was it. You see how life can be, Jeremy? I, I completely understand. Actually, after the, last, the first three calls, I was mad enough to forget about my own, own problems. Yeah, what is but, going on with you, Jeremy? With me? Um, I would, by any standards, be considered a gentleman in my, I guess, conscious mind. But I've been having lately, well, I guess of very recent, I now have kind of a steady girlfriend and it's kind of slacked off but um prior to that um had a long intern about a year and a half without really dating anybody with any meaning anyway and uh have been having dreams of uh rape and sexual abuse where i am the aggressor Mm -hmm. these are dreams or fantasies um started out as dreams you know where i'm asleep but would wake up and be noticeably aroused. Mm-hmm. And these unconscious dreams started kind of creeping into my conscious mind, which I guess that would be the realm of fantasy rather than dream. Mm-hmm. And what's happening? Are you doing any behavior manifesting? No, because that, and herein lies the, the, my problem is that, uh, you know, I couldn't imagine actually ever doing that to somebody because mm-hmm. especially i mean after listening to your show and hearing these heartbreaking stories where something like that happens i couldn't imagine destroying anybody's life all right so what, what actually is your question for us? well i'm going to find out what kind of shape you're in emotionally all right you ever watch pornography yeah what, what do you like um what kind of stuff you go for oh i don't know come on now um who are you talking to here jeremy <laughs> What kind of movie would you rent? What section do you head for? You go for the big top? No, more like the amateur stuff, not the, the amateur. The, the sleazy, okay, let's try to throw a plot into this. You go for the amateur stuff? 
Yeah. The home video? Drew, don't play stupid with me. You got a pile of it in your car. Come on. No, you don't know I what don't, the amateur I stuff? I don't uh, own like, any of it. Is that like home video or something? Yeah, the amateur stuff where there was this whole onslaught of this uh, sort of like, uh, you know how the uh, independent record labels got real hot yeah. just a few years back? Right. And independent films became real hot, these lower budget things. Right. You know, Sling Blade and whatnot. Right. Well, the pornography <laughs> business, uh, yeah. you know, never too far off a trend, never one to buck one. <laughs> they started coming out with these ones instead of the larger production ones with the professionals and the lighting and so forth. They start coming out with these amateur ones because right. everyone and their brother has a home video camera, right? I see, I see, right. All I got to do is round up um, the wife and the sister-in-law and get them good and liquored up, uh, get the tripod right, going. Right, yeah. Boom. Right. So, so keep with Jerry. Stay with Jeremy. All right, you like the? Uh, you're not into the uh, the uh, Ass Master series or anything like that. No, nothing so particular as that. Not into the. Uh, he said no. Hey, I'm moving on. I mean, he said no, nothing particular. Listen, I'm a, getting offended by all this. I'm it's amazing a, that it's so. Uh, hey, Drew. Categorized, Drew. Adam, can we? Can you, can you just back off for a second? Oh, Adam, yeah, right as far as the categorization goes, I mean, you go into hey, a store like that. Into the geisha stuff, in, the uh, Asian, I mean, into the Asian sex at all? Asian women? Oh, I, I find Asian women beautiful. Mm -hmm. but okay, so nothing there. No. All right, thanks for bolstering Drew's point. My point was, Drew, is it's uh, you can tell a lot. Well, by a man. I mean, if he's into the S&M stuff or in something. In S&M, he's into the sodomy stuff or yeah. something. He, yeah. you, can, you can see it, it, the, the fantasy is progressing. Well, the, the, this, uh, there's a violent streak there, you know. Yeah. I'm not so worried about him now. He doesn't have any particular porn ref, uh, preference. So it's just some aggression. Well, I don't know if that's better or worse. That that's all better. All excites me. <laughs> what? I don't know if that's better or worse. That I'm not necessarily categorized into any of these individual types but all of it arouses me did you uh you like mama where's mama oh no i've, I've got a very strong family that's that mm -hmm. i wouldn't expect that to be an issue at, uh, at all i mean right. just some un some undealt with aggression of sometimes some anger and he's, yeah he's, a lot of guys get turned on by that uh you know bondage and uh, that whole that whole uh fantasy involving that you know what i mean and he's not acting on it all right jeremy you're fine. You're not acting on it. Keep an eye on it. Yeah. Treat it like a wart. You know what I mean? You don't have to burn it off, but keep an eye on it. It's a symptom it starts of getting inflamed. Yeah, if other ones start popping up, then uh, stop. Go check it out. Yeah. Am I right, Drew? Yes, agreed. Okay. Eric. Yeah. You're 17. Right, um, I um, just want to say I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller. Oh, yeah. Also, Adam, I think you should start your own country, like, <laughs> the way you've been talking. Oh, I'm, um, I'm working on it. Whatever happened to Booville? Oh, are it's they, out there. Are they, are they under construction? Well, I, I would move there. Permits. No, well, except for where I'm from, there's no garbage problems, really, like yours, but... Where do you live? Um, Illinois. And what, what what kind of garbage do they have over there? Like, you could... you Same like you said, you could chop up a tree, and as long as it's big enough... You know, metric ton pieces, they'll, they'll take it. Just oh, drag. Uh, we're moving. Yeah. <laughs> the suburbs. You could mothball a battleship. I mean, you could you could scrap a battleship in a lot of parts of this country. Whatever you could drag to the curb is what's yeah. going to get picked up. matter out here? Oh, here, every, everything's got to be in its own little container. Screw you. And by the way, you got one container. Oh, except they don't really pick up the recycling here. Like, you can, the same, I don't know, they have a problem with the recycling. We, we had an interesting experience this morning. Adam and I were, were out in a, in a city, like a residential street, and everybody had their, their garbage pails, their, their trash cans out at this curb. 
and I had a coffee cup, and I was going to throw it away, and I almost threw it into the gardening basket, the gardening bin for these poor people whose house we were walking by, and, and they would have not gotten their garbage picked up because of that. Poor Drew had an aneurysm trying to figure out what receptacle to throw his Starbucks coffee, his paper coffee cup into. There was like eight of them out there. They should really start a game show. Uh, it's called uh, the uh, California Refuse uh, Sweepstakes. Yeah. Uh, they take uh, confused people, liquor them up, they give them like a uh, soda can, uh, they give them a Starbucks coffee cup, and they give them um, some coffee grounds, and they have 10 seconds to drop it into the proper receptacle. Yeah, see, the thing is, like, about here, even though they'll take everything, there's huge landfills. Like, there's, they actually made one to a golf course. I mean, there's, like, enormous, so maybe there's kind of, like, safe space uh, for you. Nope, uh-uh. Yeah. No, 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 well, okay. I'll do with that. <laughs> Okay, well, Mike, I have actually two questions. But I don't it's know. not like we make less trash because of these damn receptacles. You just have to deal with it totally differently in a way that takes up half your day. Oh, yeah. All right, anyway. So what's going on? Anyway, there? Okay, I have two questions. One's actually about pot, and the other one's about um, something called body dysmorphic disorder. All right. Um, I don't know if you want to answer both. Okay, the first Go ahead. is about, um, like, a long time ago I smoked, uh, like, uh, the first time I ever smoked pot, it was a lot. Because, you know, the first time you don't really get anything. Yes. So I smoked, like tremendous amount like hours and hours like kept doing it trying to get high yes like desperately i don't know because i i was like 16 or 15 and nothing happened and then um a couple weeks later i did it again and like the next day i had 104 fever and i didn't really connect it but now i think i mean later on i thought well maybe it was from that i was like really sick it might have been connected i might have just had a cold or something you know or flu Yeah. yeah but and then ever since then i've had like um like i've I don't know if it's even this disconnected still. Like, when I walk by, like, reflective surfaces or mirrors sometimes, like, the corner of my eye and my peripheral vision will be, like, a trail. Trail of colors? Um, I don't know if it's colored. It's, like, a light. It's, like, almost like you have a glare. How long How long were you sick with that 104 fever? It was a one-day thing, and it was gone, like, completely. Did you have any other symptoms besides fever? Mm, I couldn't, like, hardly walk. I couldn't, like, I was, like, couldn't hardly see. It was just a bad... Did you have a headache? I think everything hurts. Like when it was actually a while ago, it was in, I think probably. But and you were perfectly well the next day. Perfectly, yeah. And it was definitely just marijuana you were smoking. There was any the chance? Before, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, there may there there might have been something in there. I well, mean, he sucked on it for four hours. How yeah, much but that was, the, no, that was a different that time. Was that was the first was the, time. Oh, he, that, that, and actually, then, there had been a couple times in between the first, and the, it wasn't actually the second. Right. There was a couple times in between. Um, I, uh, you know, as as. Worried I am about marijuana and its effect on the brain. Uh, that is not a, uh, something I can connect up for you. I, I'm almost more worried that the fever caused some reaction, or that, that maybe this was an. I, I, that there's something about the acute illness that might have triggered something. I doubt it was the pot, and I doubt the pot triggered the acute illness. I've never seen anything like that. There is something called a neuroleptic malignant syndrome, which is caused by a class of medication called neuroleptics, yeah. and it's due to an imbalance of certain chemicals in the brain. And theoretically, that that. Im- a kind of thing could be triggered by other abusive substances, but I've never seen that happen. <laughs> what? I was just laughing at uh, talking to you earlier today, and you're telling me uh, I should have been on uh, antidepressants uh, <laughs> yes. about 12 years ago. <laughs> and then I had to remind you that the crap hadn't been invented yet. Yes. Uh, what a horrible doctor you are, Drew. Waving. Well, waving the Prozac in front of me that way. Uh, but you, you're, you're not 23 anymore? No. Oh, okay. Thank you. All right. Loveline listeners, beware. Okay. Yeah, what happened to those guys? I haven't heard from them. At all. Well, they're doing. They're they're going to be at the. Uh, they're going to be at KOME. Oh, really? Good. Yeah. At the. Uh, got a lot of traveling coming up. The hell is that, Ann? The lunchbox or something? What is that thing? The 
the camp came with me. Right. Look, everyone, just just call it the concert and put your call letters by it. And, uh, good enough. Everyone's got their own cute name for their thing. Weenie Rose. <laughs> WHS Festival. <laughs> the WHF Festival. I never could the get that one right. Here's the problem, too. You do enough of these things, you forget where you are, and uh, you, um, you're usually, if you're like me, you're drunk at all of them. So then you're up there, and you're going, hey, I want to thank you guys for coming out to the WA. <laughs> yeah, again, I'm proud to be associated with Oh, yes, yeah, true. Well, Drew, what are you supposed to do? You go to these things, there's nothing to do, and um, everyone feeds liquor down your throat. Yeah, just, I know they just, they just uh, tie you to a chair, oh. throw your head back, and funnel it in. I vomited nine times last last one of those I went to. I'm going to see if I can uh, break my record here when we go to KOME in a few weeks. And stay sober? No. Please. I vomited nine times in okay. Washington, D.C. I'm going to see if I can times? vomit ten uh, times. I just delightful. Yeah. And go. you're going uh, to be counting the vomit. Hey, Ann, are you going to that? Oh. Drew, you're going to have to, um, you're going to, have to tally the vomiting. Uh, can't wait. Okay. Jenny. Yes. And by the way, no one cooks uh, tuna anymore. For some reason, uh, I used to be able to go to a restaurant and buy a tuna steak, and it'd be like a swordfish steak or a salmon steak. Right. Now if you order a tuna steak, it's, raw. it's got scales on it. Yeah. It's totally raw. <laughs> Why don't they tell you that, by the way? I've had it cooked. It says seared, usually. They have to beg seared. them to cook tuna. Seared means seared, not cooked. No, it just says tuna, though. You get the tuna steak, and it's, it's, it's pink and has worms in it. All right. all right, Jenny. That's why I was vomiting all night. Okay, my question is, um, do you have to take the morning after pill the exact morning after, or can you wait, like, a couple days? You can wait 48 hours. I, I wouldn't. Obviously, the more you wait beyond that, the greater the risk of it not working. It's, it's been, like, four days. Well, uh, oof. Mm. Why are you asking now? Uh, you know what? Interestingly. Hold on, I, Jenny. I you're 24 years old. I know. Why do you sound like you're 14? That's that's how I sound. Everybody always think they call my house and they go, "Is your mom or dad home?" And I'm like, <laughs> "I am the person of the house." We, you know? we could place a bet on you. Could already. be some gambling going on here. Well, let me just put something out here. Somebody faxed us uh, something out of a magazine here, where there's actually an organization called Eight 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 Not Too Late. I think it's a phone number where you can actually get. I think you actually get the pill for this phone number, the morning after pill. But the, you you, know, you need to get something right away uh, if there's going to be any meaningful probability of it working, Jenny. Like right away, okay? Right. I mean, every minute is uh, decreasing the effectiveness. But what happened that you're uh, still stuck at around uh, 14? <laughs> I don't know. My voice is just like that. It I, doesn't I work like a, that. I did have a comment on. Um, I wanted to tell you about what happened to me when I got pregnant. How old were you when you got pregnant? Well, I was. I was a. Uh, 20 years old already but i i was talking about that um it was about that girl earlier who said that her boyfriend was like a you know a heroin addict mm -hmm. and um well when i got pre i got pregnant at 20 and, and i had tried heroin um mm. before that with my boyfriend and um i did it for like a month probably and then i stopped when i found out i was pregnant decided i would have it you know, thinking somehow that it would be like the white picket fence deal, everything would get better or something, you know. And we'd been together for four years. And uh, what ended up happening was after I had the baby, I got strung out on heroin too, you know. Mm. And, um, 
children never make things better. They are a grueling work raising a child. They don't somehow make things oh. uh, and make you enter a parallel universe of I mean, fantasy true. and wonder. I kid you a lot, but seriously, with the triplets oh my and the work that you have to put in. Huge. Uh, my hair is turning put white. Put in the extra hours at the office to uh, pay the au pair, pick up the nanny, drop off the nanny, uh, call up the nanny, uh, get the babysitter. Get the kids out to camp. Yeah, it's not like a dog. It's not like you can just leave it at home. Yeah, I understand, well, no, uh, some here and listen. They they just they just did a test, by the way, where they they polled couples. Uh, I don't know, average couples been together for some average amount of time. The ones that had kids and the ones that didn't. The ones that didn't have kids said they were happier. <laughs> I mean, with each other as far as the relationship. Maybe they love their kids and so on and so forth. Drew, you, you're triple miserable. No, I'm just but thinking the point about what that is, means because, because there's a kind of fulfillment. Well, they just said it's you guys as a couple. And people just went, well, look, how much fun are we having? Well, yeah. we're not going on as many vacations, right, right. Uh, therefore we're not as happy. Well, there's therefore, sacrifices. Uh, where's your first kid, Jenny? Um, well, she ended up, I ended up getting evicted out of my apartment, and, um, and I gave her to my mom to take care of. Well, her... Um, I started doing like even more heroin after. All right, well, let me ask. Couple, let, wait, 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 let right, me right. ask this though. Where's your first kid? Well, she's with my ex-boyfriend's parents now. They're the legal guardian. All right. Uh, uh, are you in recovery now, or are you still strung out on something? No, I'm still strung out on heroin. Yeah. W- was your dad an alcoholic? Um. Well, my real father's a junkie, but he's in right. prison. All right. Dad's a junkie. Did he beat you or mistreat you when you were a little kid? Um. I didn't really know him. So you don't, do you remember your childhood? Oh yeah, but I mean, he he was three. He was three when, or I was three when um, him and my mom separated. So you don't really remember what happened when he was in your life? No, uh-uh. that's probably probably pretty crazy. What's but my do- the one I consider my father that my mom never married um, was an alcoholic too. Right, and was he abusive to you? No, he was very happy drunk. He never oh, was kind of nice. Nobody He's kind of like the uh, Arthur type. Nobody ever struck you. Oh, my mom did. Okay. We always tell that uh, girl voice. Yeah. There's always something up with the little girl voice. Yeah, always, always. I don't know what that is. Really? Remember, remember when we had uh, and who'd we have in here? Used to be on Saturday Night Live. Uh, Victoria. Victoria Jackson. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Oh, it all came out. Oh, we found out some stuff about that girl voice. My mom beat the crap out of me for years. Uh, All right. Well, now you get to beat the crap out of her by having a bunch of kids that you can't take care of. Well, the deal is, Jenny, you take care of yourself. Uh, well, I was just, the reason I was telling you that whole story was just really for that other girl to tell her, you know, don't, you know, don't get yourself into something that, you know what I mean? Yeah, she can't follow through on. You don't know what's up, you right, know what I right, mean? Right, right. Yeah, but, but Jen, hold on, Jenny. Carry a kid for, you know, 10 months and you're not going to want to give it up for adoption, you know what I mean? Jenny. I mean. Jenny. Yeah. Yeah, but you're calling us to tell us you you may be pregnant again. Oh, I won't have, no, no, no. Yes. I'm have another kid. That's no what way. I like to hear. No way. That's right. right. But, but more What about Norplant? Oh, I'm afraid of those things. See, and Jenny, my, Jenny, you put a needle in your arm. <laughs> You're shooting you up shoot, with heroin. You shoot the infected material into your body throughout the day. Okay? Be, right. be sensible here. Do some things to help protect yourself against pregnancy. And do something to get yourself over the heroin addiction. If you don't get in some help soon, your life expectancy is going to be very short. 
I've, I, you know what though? I've been in recovery. I went to a recovery house. I just, ha- I almost had six months, and and I keep getting sober, and then I relapse, and I get sober. And well, that, that's typical of heroin. I mean, that's what heroin is about. You know, uh, it's like you start to give up and just think that it's never going to happen. It, it'll happen, but you got to get through that first year, and you got to create a lot of structure, and you got to work in a in a fearless way, and it's very difficult work. And you got to stay with the the, the program. I, I, there's no doubt that you must have lost your focus a little bit and not followed directions. You got to follow directions. You got to listen to what everybody tells you to do. You got to do fearless inventories on a regular basis. Use the tools and get well, or you're not going to live very long. Yeah, that's the way this goes. Yeah, it's it's a weird disease, you know. I mean it. Like, I mean, it really, I ended up living in the motel. But here's the deal, Jenny, is that oh, the, the drug, the, the people well, that get strung out. It's not so much weird as it is evil, Jenny. People that get strung out in heroin are usually alcoholic, bio- biologically. Back, yeah, but here's the deal, is the drug impairs your ability, it does two things. It impairs your ability to tolerate discomfort. And people who are heroin addicts usually already have a lot of negative feelings that they have difficulty tolerating. It impairs your ability to tolerate those feelings even further. And it creates a state in the brain where it has real difficulty surviving. The brain believes it can't survive without the drug. I I call it the negative reward conditioning. And that negative reward conditioning decays over about 12 months. So for the the first 12 months, the drive to use on even a non-conscious level is intense and overwhelming. On a conscious level, people feel this sense of loss and remorse and this sort of emptiness that they know they can fill again with the drug. On top of that, there's all that negative feeling that you have to get into and get through in order to, to help, in order to get into the recovery effectively. It's extremely difficult task, but it can be done. I've seen some miraculous recoveries from heroin. Oh, half the guests we have on this show were, uh, were uh, mainlining heroin, uh, you know, like two weeks earlier. I mean, you know, most of bands and stuff, a lot of artists. Oh, yeah. A lot of, uh, hell, a lot of people. Uh Oh, what chance. What chance does she have? Dad was a heroin addict. Dad, uh, it's really... Uh, Mom beat the crap out of her. But just turn the clock back 20 years, you know. She was a heroin addict. She was the guy she hooked up with. I know you're going to find this amazing, Drew. A heroin addict. Heroin addict. Imagine that. But we're all individuals, aren't we, Drew? Oh, individual polar bears. That's right. We all do our own thing. She just happened to like this guy. Pure coincidence. Didn't even find out about the heroin until after they started dating. Of course. Then she had a kid. And what are the chances that that kid is going to find themselves a little heroin addict one day? That is why we're on the air. That and the money. We want to prevent this from happening. Am I right, Drew? Yeah. Huh. All you naysayers. Kiss my ass. All right. We'll be back. Great guys. Uh, I have love for the Bonstones. Uh, unnatural love, I might add, too. Indeed. Mike. Yes. You're 21. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've never said indeed in my life. <laughs> indeed, you, know, you haven't. You know what else I've never said? How so? <laughs> I hate when people say, how so? Uh-huh. I think things are different these days. How so? don't like that how so. I like the guys who go, why? I don't think you'd ever describe yourself as contumacious either. Indeed. Mike. Uh-huh. How so are you calling? Huh? I like a guy stupider than I am. It's very rare. <laughs> I think we found one. All right, you're 21. What do you want? Uh, well... He's asleep. Uh, 
my uh, boyfriend from my old hometown has come to pay a visit on me here, and I have a girlfriend here in my new hometown now. Does she know you're bisexual? Um, not really. Um, he, uh, although he didn't know I was bisexual either, and I guess I, neither did I. Like, um, you thought you were gay? Basically, yeah. I thought I was a homosexual. All right, and, so uh, we, we came to this new new town, and all we can we can only sum you up as confused. Pretty much. Ambiguous. Why? Why are you so uh, confused at 21? Um, I don't know. Things should um, be getting clear by 21. I was hoping to. Honestly, what, I was hoping what, What's to. the deal? Where did all this confusion come from? Um, uh, I guess I got mixed messages from uh, about the crowd that I hang, hung out with. Oh, please. Uh, listen, I could have uh, traveled the country in Richard Simmons' trunk, and I wouldn't have gotten confused about my sexuality. Just because you're hanging around with a few gay guys doesn't mean you start uh, getting a hankering for penis. No. No, it's not true. Yeah, you're right. So what's the right, deal? I'm not trying to say it's a crime. I'm just saying, you know, don't pass it off on the guys you're hanging out with. Right. You're in the guys. You're in the guys. So what's the deal? Well, it's, he's not even in the guys. He's, he's under what he's into. Wild confusion. Well, I, I thought I was in the guys, and now I'm realizing that maybe uh, that wasn't. We're not going to get an answer, are we? All right, Mike. Uh-huh. Um, um, ask some specific questions. All right. Um, uh, all right. Let's uh, let let's That's say how he feels about his mom. That's how you like to. How do you, how do you like your mom? She's great. Okay. Let's say you're in a room, and there's just four walls, uh-huh. and one wall had a. Uh, Penis and a vagina on it. No, had a vagina and breasts on it. And the other wall had uh, just a penis on it. Which wall would you go to? The one with the breasts and the vagina. Oh, you would? Yes. Vagina? Uh, the hmm. vagina, yeah. Yeah, that's what I like. All right, so that makes you uh, a little more hetero than gay, doesn't it? It makes yes, it confused. It the whole thing is confused. That's all. But, that's the word that summarizes what's up. All right, but here's the deal. It, 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 uh, now listen, I'm t- Mike can barely form a sentence. He doesn't know whether he wants guys. He doesn't know whether he wants girls. Uh, tell your girlfriend you're look, bisexual. A, a great way to get, sec- get confused is sexual abuse. If he was abused or a neighbor or something. No, he loves his mom. No, 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 no. no neighbor right. or Mike, were you ever sexually abused? Um, not that I know of, no. Okay. All right. He's just confused for being, uh, for confusion's sake. And now I've become confused. Brandon. Yeah. 16. Yeah, hi. Hi. Uh, well, Adam, I have to tell you, first of all, that I loved your speech earlier. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, you're 16. Yeah. Wait do you get older, you're really going to love it. <laughs> Probably so, but um, I have sort of a complicated problem. Um, my twin sister, she got um, killed in a car wreck about two months ago. Oh, my God. Yeah. And now, does twin sister mean you're born... At the yes. same time, yeah. but you don't necessarily look alike. Well, it's a girl. Yeah. Yeah, but can't you look like a like a girl? Yeah, but you're still not. You're still not the same. Kind of the makeup. Junk, huh? Okay. Okay. But you guys were real close. Yeah, we were real close. Did you have that sort of uh, uh, symbiotic thing going on that twins claim they know what the other one's thinking and that sort of thing? Well, she seemed to know what I was thinking, but I had no idea what she was thinking. Okay. But um, I live in this apartment complex and. 
some girl moved in about two weeks ago. She looks and acts just like my sister did. Mm. And, I mean, we have to go to school together, and I see her all the time around here. And Every time I see her, I just freeze up, man. Well, I, I think you're going to find... You're, you, as a way your mind uh, is going it sounds like your mind's going to try to protect itself by finding somebody in your life that you can look upon as your sister alive I mean it sounds like you're still not done with the gr- grieving or really accepting this because you're sort of projecting it out into the world so as though she's going to appear like somewhere Marge Schott could have moved in next door and well, he would have said it was a spitting some, image it's going to be somebody that he's going to project that onto I mean even my parents say they look I understand uh, I understand Do you, uh, are you attracted to her no, it's just every time I see her, it's, it's just uh, weird. You got, you just got to. I just can't speak. I mean, it just it drums up all these memories, huh? Yeah. Well, it's too. I mean, it's uh, two months it's so past fresh. a horrible so, tragedy. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, Brandon, uh, how, how you dealing with all this? Uh, it's been tough, but I've been going to counseling, so that's good. All right, uh, don't worry about this girl. I mean, she she is not your sister. No, I know that. And she's not going to uh, intrude upon you in some way that's going to bring in overwhelming feelings. Just just don't worry about it. Don't Just deal with your feelings about the grieving. How are your parents dealing with this? Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, I, you know oh. how parents are. They, they don't show emotions on the outside, but on the inside, just tearing up. And, and I bet, you know, for a, a twin, too, I know that's going to be just horrible. Yeah, every time I see this girl, though, it's like I start... I don't know. I, I can't speak. I, I just want to run and cry. And I well, of course. Wimpy. Uh, Brandon, no, no, no. No, no, no. That's not wimpy. That's normal. And of course, I mean, it's going to take a long time. I mean, this is something that you're going to carry with you for a, forever, really. And you will learn to deal with it. You will grieve it, and it will happen in its own time. But part of it now is this girl. And it's it's triggering these feelings that become overwhelming. And, they well, they should be overwhelming. I mean, it might be might be good if you could form a, a relationship with this girl perhaps to tell her yeah. well, you know what you need to do is, be, yeah. is get you with your friends and tell them how you feel uh, but kind of six year old friends <sighs> are not so eh, they're all, no they can be good yeah you just think of the ones that, that listen to the show you gotta get <laughs> there's as, other 16 year olds out there Drew that are you know not pregnant and hopped up on smack you gotta get as many people supportive around you and, and talk about these feelings and don't feel wimpish they are they're they're normal Brandy yeah you're 18 huh uh-oh. I, I, I smell trouble already. <laughs> you know, our our callers have like a 10-minute acclimation period that usually goes on when we punch them on the air. Right. Huh? What? <laughs> oh, uh... Okay, here's Our listeners problem. are like uh, people that dozed off on a bus, and you wake them up and tell them, uh, hey, we're going to need to see your transfer. Uh, uh, what, what? Huh? You, you know, they're still in the middle of something? Uh, All okay. right, Brandy, you're ready to go now. Okay, um, I was going out with this guy for like mm, almost a year, and um, we broke up a while back, but I just had a question if something's wrong with him, if I could have um, um, been exposed to sexual disease or something, because every time he'd have an erection and he'd like come or whatever you call it, um, his sperm was green. Mm-hmm. <coughs> you ever see him put a um, head of lettuce in his ass? I've never heard of green uh, unless there's some infection. I mean, it's really sort of yellow, really, is what they're talking about. And, uh, well, one time his, his mom was saying something about him taking medication, and I asked him about it, and he denied it. And he was like, no, it's just for, like, calcium or something. Here's the deal. Uh, sperm white, blood red, urine either clear and or uh, red. Uh, sorry. No. Uh, <laughs> I was talking about a disease. Yeah, clear or yellow. Feces uh, brownish hue. 
that's it. Anything else that comes out is uh, considered pus in my in my book and should be dealt with accordingly. So should I get checked out? I've never been to a gynecologist before. Uh, if you're sexually active, you should be to a gynecologist anyway, and you should uh, discuss that with him or her. You could be pregnant with an alien baby. No, but I mean, you should be getting regular pap smears. You're, you, people need to understand that young women get cervical cancer and die of it if it's not picked up early enough. And it is women who begin their sexual activity in an early age or who have multiple partners who are at the highest risk for cervical cancer. Spin Dr. Drew at the helm. Julie, you're 17. Hi. Hey. Um, I've been, I watch the show every night and I listen to it on the radio and I've never heard of anybody having this problem, so I thought I'd ask you. All right. Um, I'm five months pregnant and when I have sex with my boyfriend, like when he's on the top, I don't have boyfriend. a problem or anything. <laughs> but when I'm on the top, I get really bad pain. You would uh -huh. expect to be a husband, would you? Well, no, they're just having a kid. No, just having a baby. Yeah. Hey, Julie. Yeah. Uh, second kid? No, this is my first one. Oh, okay. Wow. But so I was just wondering why it ha only happens. Why? On why aren't you calling your your obstetrician about this? Well, because I, it doesn't happen like all the time, and I. It there are lots and lots of possibilities, but you need to contact your obstetrician and talk about it just to be sure. One of it, it could be inducing labor, preterm labor. Well, and after, like, it ha it hurts for, like, ten minutes afterwards, and then it goes away. And it's not like contractions are, like, they come and go, you know. This is, like, a constant. Well, it, it could, again, it could be some kind of contraction in the uterus. It could be just the anatomy being stirred up, since it's, you know, the, the anatomy obviously is different in the pregnant state. It could be some infection. could be a, a, a placenta that is uh, placed incorrectly. Uh, All right, stop having sex, Julie. Certainly stop. 17, you're, you're pregnant. You're pregnant. You want to Enough avoid things that cause pain, and you should be discussing any anything that is doesn't seem completely normal with your obstetrician. I mean, I, a prenatal care is vital. Postnatal care. You want to talk about some some cost to you? you know, some, no, some suck uh, uh, I'm, I'm done. So, well, some, some uh, uh, pulling your tax dollars. Imagine if she has the baby now. It gets saved, put on a ventilator, oh, and, uh, neonatal it. ICU for six months. All right. All right. I gotta get another job just from uh, tonight's call. I had a quick idea, real fast. I think you're gonna enjoy this, Drew. You know how I don't like uh, the notion of sex with pregnant women because they become mama. I've come up with a compromise. When a woman is showing, we get some sort of, um, they got that huge lump in the stomach. We get some sort of uh, stick-on nipple. So it just looks like a tremendous breast growing out of their abdomen. That way, I'll look at it as a woman with uh, two small breasts and one tremendous breast. Who's and that? I don't think uh, it would foul me up sexually quite as much fact, as it would you, you if may, it was mama. It may, you may create a whole new category in your porn museum. Women <laughs> with tremendous breasts coming out from that. Someone has to come up with this stick-on nipple for the pregnant women. This would be brilliant right there. Come on. Lee stick-on. Lee press-on nipples. <laughs> Honey, <laughs> you grew a new nipple. Almost. Loveline. Loveline, I'll be right back and you'll be healed. Loveline. Naturally, of course. Certainly. Absolutely. Show you'll not soon forget. Adam Carolla. <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? I misread my name. Jamming with uh, Big oh, John Popper right. from Blues oh, Traveler. So, 
I want to thank the lovely Sherry, the beautiful Lisa, the wonderful one producer, Ann, and of course, the one at Wonder Engineer, Mike, for doing his gig tonight. And until next time, this end, we're all for Dr. Drew saying mahalo. This has been Loveline. This concludes another PodcastOne.com program.